Today's episode is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible is a seller and producer of spoken audio entertainment, information, and educational programming on the internet. Audible sells digital audiobooks, radio and TV programs, and audio versions of magazines and newspapers. To start using Audible today, please visit their website at www.audible.com. That's www.audible.com. Welcome to another episode of Taking You to the Top. In this podcast, Rami spends time speaking with founders and CEOs from across the globe and asks them specific questions to learn exactly how they launched their businesses. Before we get started with today's guest, please follow Rami's Instagram account and subscribe to his YouTube channel so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. If you'd like to watch previous episodes, simply click on Rami's IGTV section or visit the YouTube channel to watch those episodes. If you'd like to get more information and analytics about each guest, simply click on the website link in Rami's bio. Now, let me spend a moment to introduce today's guest before Rami gets started. Today's guest is the founder and CEO of the Accreditation Council for Medical Affairs, also known as the ACMA. The ACMA provides data and tech solutions for medical affairs and the MSL space in the life sciences industry. ACMA has a predictive analytics tool, as well as ACMA Engage, a medical affairs-specific CRM platform. Join Rami in welcoming him to the show. If you have any questions for our guest today, please leave them in the comment section below. That being said, we hope you enjoy today's episode. Without further ado, are you ready to take it to the top? So William, thank you so much for joining me today. This is episode number nine of Taking You to the Top. Thanks for having me, Rami. Pleasure to be here. So uh, to get us started, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself and possibly take us back from the beginning, tell us where you're from, where you started your journey, and how it led you to becoming the founder and CEO of the ACMA. Sure. Again, thanks for having me. So as you mentioned, I'm currently the founder and the CEO of the ACMA. I grew up uh, in the Northeast part of the United States uh, in New Jersey, New York area. And um, I, uh, you know, I went to school uh, in New York City. So I, I, I went to school at New York University and Columbia University where I got my, my PhD. And, you know, I grew up in a very entrepreneurial environment. Uh, my father were, you know, kind of had the typical immigrant story, if you will, um, coming to the U.S. really with nothing in his pocket, and then, you know, over the years becoming fairly successful. So there was always that drive to be able right. to make sure that all that effort that uh, he had put in uh, didn't go to waste. And I think that drive is really there until now, in the sense that um, you almost feel like you you need to be able to give back, um, and so. For me, really, where the journey began, uh, which is sometimes where a lot of good journeys uh, begin, was I had met a girl, <laughs> and the girl that I had met, uh, we dated for a little bit. Uh, she, she's not my current wife, just as a disclaimer, but uh, <laughs> she worked. She, <laughs> she worked in the pharmaceutical industry. At the time, I was actually I had just graduated with my bachelor's degree, my background's in biochemistry, and. I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And so one of the first jobs I had was, people don't know this about me, but I was actually a teacher. 
I've taught chemistry and physics. And uh, about a year in, I met this woman and she worked in the pharma industry and, you know, basically introduced me to that world. And it opened up an entire new area for me that I really hadn't known about. Um, and she said to me, you know, you would be great working in the pharmaceutical industry with your background, your personality. And so that's really how it began. That's kind of what started me to kind of look and investigate opportunities in the pharmaceutical industry. And I think in general, when you think of experiences that you have in your life, and anybody probably can relate to this, you can see that oftentimes all those experiences prepare you for what you're currently doing or where your life is at today. And I would yeah. definitely say whether it was the work that I did as a teacher, whether it was the work that I did in the industry on the sales side or the medical side, it absolutely prepared me for eventually being able to build and start uh, ACMA. And I think ultimately shaped, I would say, my worldview professionally on what are the skills you need to really be a successful leader? Sure. So actually talking about the ACMA, could you um, give us an idea of what you're trying to achieve with the company? What's the main goal? Absolutely. So our company uh, was the first to ever establish standards in the pharmaceutical industry for medical and scientific professionals. And we did this through a board certification within medical affairs. And for those that don't know, in the pharma industry, medical affairs is the division of the industry that's involved in educating healthcare providers and also generating new data once the drug has been approved, let's say in the United States, by the Food and Drug Administration or the FDA. And so we established a board certification because we believe that you need to have minimum standards of competency for the people that go out and educate doctors. Uh, and today we've expanded quite a bit over the last few years. We also offer technology and cloud-based SaaS solutions. Like we have, a, we have our own CRM platform, ACMA Age. We also have a predictive analytics AI-driven platform called ACMA, ACMA Predict. We also work in prior authorization and medication safety name testing. So really, ultimately, the idea is to offer a full suite of solutions to the life sciences industry, focused specifically medical affairs, medication safety, and, and, and field reimbursement. And for, for the more entrepreneurial audience members, um, when you built the company, did you bootstrap it or did you have to raise capital to start uh, this suite of solutions? So we actually are completely bootstrapped. And although I had the opportunity to raise capital, and I should say as a, as, as a side note, you know, I, I did have a, a company before this, U.S. Pharmacy Lab, uh, which, I, which I had built and sold uh, prior to the ACMA. Um, so I had definitely experience in building something from scratch, you know, kind of scaling it and selling it. But, uh, you know, again, knock on wood, you know, ACMA has been completely bootstrapped. And we really we haven't had the need necessarily to have to raise capital at this point. Although again, outside investors have been interested in the work that we're doing. Uh, but I'm a big, big believer in the fact that you want to try and keep obviously as much equity as possible if you can. Of course, if there comes a point where you know raising capital is important to continue to scale, then that's something that we would consider at that stage. Fantastic. And uh, what's your current team size? We're about 25 people worldwide. Um, so we're, I would fair, you know, say a fairly small outfit, you know, in terms of the amount of revenue that we achieve. And 
Um, you know, for us, one of the things I'm a big believer in is uh, kind of this concept from Ray Dalio about radical transparency. Uh, and I also try to keep a very meritocracy type based system at work. I think these are principles for me that are really important. So I try to uh, keep a fairly flat organization where you know where people are able to have access and talk with me as much as possible. I like sure. to kind of keep my ears to the ground to always know what's happening as much as possible. Um, I'm, a, I'm also a big believer in the idea of maintaining um, a culture that really helps people motivate become motivated and thrive to be their best. And I think Peter Drucker said it best when he said culture eats strategy for breakfast. And I absolutely think that's true. You can have the best laid out strategy, but if you don't have the right culture, if you don't have the, the, the folks on your side believing in your mission, ultimately you're not going to be as successful as you'd like to be. Absolutely. And um, would you say when you started this company, um, did you have a preferred or, what was the most effective marketing channel you used to get the word out there? You know, I mean, a lot of entrepreneurs, they, they start a company, but they struggle to get it to the right people or have the right person hear about it. That's a great question. I think today, um, social media is huge. If you're, if you're a company and you're looking to uh, really be successful, you can't work without it. So for us, we were really one of the first organizations to actually take this area that we're focused on within medical affairs and go to social media and even mainstream media. So, you know, I, I'll do a lot of things in the media. Just a few weeks ago, I was featured in, on television on Al Jazeera, Forbes, ABC News, I've been on Fox Business News. So all these different uh, media outlets. But I think they're, they're important because you want to be able to get the message out there to the public. Uh, you want to be able to get your message out to the right people. You need to understand what your audience wants to hear, what they're looking for, and be able to meet those needs. So I think, you know, for us, what's probably been the most effective, I would say, is just kind of grassroots social media, a lot of referrals. I mean, today, think about it. If you go, if you're thinking about going to a new restaurant today, what do you do? You Google it. You look up the reviews, right? If you're looking to get a new book, that's what you do. You look up the reviews. And so Referrals today and word of mouth is, is huge, and I think social media plays a big role there. All right, but is there any spe a specific platform, or would you say all social media in general? For us, LinkedIn in the U.S. has been really big. Um, okay. We have, of course, uh, you know, uh, an individual that manages the Asia business for the company, and for you know, in Asia, you know, in certain parts of the, of, of Asia, like China. WeChat is really big, right? They don't necessarily have the same platforms. Um, in other parts of the world, like, like the Middle East, for example, we found that uh, platforms like Instagram seem to be more popular. So I think, you know, what we found globally is that uh, every platform has a little bit of a different usage depending on the region of the world that you're in. So that's, that's been an interesting learning for me. Okay, um, so my, my audience are mainly made up of young entrepreneurs. They're either just getting started or, you know, they're right there. They, um, this next set of questions is more for the ones that don't have an idea yet or they're looking for a problem to solve. So uh, 
maybe you can help them out. I'm not sure if you have a problem that needs solving, but would you say over the course of the last few weeks you had any major present problem? Something that's, that's repetitive. A good question. Yeah. Well, look, it, <laughs> when you run a company, you, you always have problems, sure. right? It's, it's, there's never, uh, you know, a week that goes by where everything's smooth sailing, right? There are, there are all these issues that are going to present themselves. I think to be an effective entrepreneur, you've got to be able to uh, be okay with coping, coping with and handling that stress, right? right? I mean, for us, for example, I would say, one of the problems, I mean, two of the problems that I would say today, you know, currently are one, the fact that a lot of the people that we've been interacting with in the pharmaceutical industry who used to go out and meet with physicians, et cetera, they're grounded because of coronavirus, right? So, I mean, you know, just like a lot of other businesses, the pandemic has forced us to change how we do things. And luckily for us, a lot of what we do is virtual and online and, you know, in SaaS space. So it, it doesn't have that level of impact as if it would if you were a a business that really relied heavily on face-to-face, -face. but that's one. I think the other one is the fact that the uh, a lot of the folks in the public and the lay public don't understand that there's a difference between people that are selling to physicians versus those that are educating on the medical affairs side. And so I think that's a that's a constant challenge. We see ourselves as the advocates of the medical affairs profession, the pharmaceutical industry, so advocating for them. But I would say if you're a young entrepreneur listening, the piece of advice I would give you is if you're going to you know, start your own company and you're committed to taking it all the way, be prepared for the fact that you will absolutely encounter days and nights where um, you're, you're, there's going to be an you know, extreme amount of stress. Um, and that's something that you're just going to have to be able to deal with and cope with. And at the moment, how do you go about solving that? Like, for example, the uh, selling versus educating side. I mean, do you have to make it clear? Awareness. Yeah, I mean, awareness, education, marketing, data, right? Those are all the things. I think those three things, education, awareness, data, these, things, these, these three things together are very important. Um, sure. the, the reality is that, as, as you probably know, not everyone's going to agree with your perspective or your opinion. Uh, so I'm, a, I'm as, a, as a trained PhD, my perspective is always uh, present objective data. Because it's hard to disagree with objective data. Um, so I'm really big on data, but ultimately, if you put information out there um, that's objective, the truth is, and this might sound a little bit cynical, but the truth is those naysayers, those haters are still going to doubt what you have to say, <laughs> right? Sure. There's always yep. going to be people that are going to doubt what you're trying to do. There's always going to be people that are going to want to go against what you're trying to accomplish, because in our case, you know, you know, we, you could argue that we're kind of disruptors in the industry. We're trying to disrupt uh, in a positive way how things have been done. If you think about the pharmaceutical industry, Rami, it's, yeah. it's, it's suffered some negative hits publicly, right? The opioid crisis really yeah. put a negative stain on the industry. A lot of the corruption in the industry. Today, I, was, I, I just saw an article in the New York Times about one of the large retail chains in the United States, and, you know, a lot of the issues around prescription errors and that erodes trust among the public right if you feel like the pharma companies aren't doing what they should be doing or the life sciences companies in general maybe aren't operating the way they should be so we, from our perspective setting a standard in the industry that is important because it works in the interest of public health right absolutely
Well, um, are you ready for us to wrap up with the famous five? Absolutely. Great. So number one, uh, what's your favorite business book? So I mentioned Ray Dalio before, but Principles of Life and Success by Ray Dalio, I love. Uh, he has a lot of great print, uh, principles. He's a, he's a well-known hedge fund billionaire. Has yeah, a lot of great I'm ideas. Well aware of Presents there. Yeah. Uh, sorry, can you just repeat the name of the book it, uh, again? Principles. principles of Life and Success. Yeah. And number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? So uh, I like uh, Dave Novak, who's the, you know, he, he was the CEO of Yum, a lot of the Yum brand, uh, a lot of those companies uh, that own a lot of the fast food chains, restaurant companies out there. Ray Dalio, I would say as well. And Mark Cuban, I really like uh, from the Shark Tank. I think he has a lot yep. of interesting ideas and pointers around entrepreneurship. Um, number three, um, what's your favorite online tool for growing your business? I would say Hubstaff and Jira. They've been great. Uh, Jira for project management. And Hubstaff is also good for time management, project management. It gives me a good sense of what's happening in the company at a high level. And uh, number four, if uh, you could tell your 20-year-old self a piece of advice, what would that be? In the face of failure, persist. Okay. And uh, number five. How many hours of sleep do you get every night? <laughs> so this is a great question. I, you know, my wife probably would attest to this. I, I actually wake up every day around 4.30 in the morning. Uh, okay. So I'm a very early riser. I like to get started, you know, early in my day. And I probably go to bed around, you know, 9 p.m. every day. So I sleep very early. Um, I like to get a head start, especially because I have team members around the world. So I like to try to be in touch and contact with them early. But um, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm a believer that old idea of early, early to bed, early to rise makes the right. man healthy, wealthy, and wise, right? That old uh, <laughs> uh, phrase. I haven't heard that before, but I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a well-known uh, phrase in the U.S. So. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, William, again, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, I really appreciate you giving us some of your time. And I hope possibly in a year's time, we could have a follow-up call to see where the company has gone, how you scaled, uh, it would be really interesting. Absolutely, it's a, it a real pleasure to be here. Thank you, Romy. Likewise, thank you so much. Okay. Today's episode is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible is a seller and producer of spoken audio entertainment, information, and educational programming on the internet. Audible sells digital audiobooks, radio and TV programs, and audio versions of magazines and newspapers. To start using Audible today, please visit their website at www.audible.com. That's www.audible.com.